0: Between Anubhav, the National Institute of Social Defence, Ministry of Social Justice and Empowerment, and Media for Community Foundation. Project Coordinators Dr. R. Sreedar and Alok Verma. Radio Coordinators Pooja Murada, Kaushalya, and Sai Sudha. Producers Kowaiwani Kowai Care Retirement Communities. If you are a senior citizen and need help, contact our Elder Helpline 14567 between 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. We promise to help you lead a better life. I repeat, 14567, between 8 a.m. and 8 p.m.
1: Welcome listeners. Today is an interesting session where we will get to know about a health topic that is not very much talked about or discussed in newspaper supplements or magazines. The most common subjects you read or hear about are heart disease, diabetes and back problems. Many diseases such as cancer, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's and paralysis strike terror in the hearts of senior citizens. One among them is kidney failure. But This disease is not spoken about as much as the others, apart from the fact that the treatment necessitates dialysis. Again, not many people know much about dialysis, apart from the fact that it is very expensive and that it is a procedure that does some of the work of the kidney but does not lead to a cure. It is a lifelong process that needs to be borne patiently and with mental strength and with the support of a dedicated caregiver. Dialysis has been done since the mid-1940s, but it was begun as a regular treatment in 1960 and is now a standard treatment all around the world. So much so that in the very developed countries, the whole dialysis unit fits into a briefcase. And the patient who may be on tour or vacation has to just plug it into a socket, turn it on and get the dialysis done. In the case of a senior citizen, it is initially a very disturbing experience. But in course of time, the mind and body accepts the procedure as a routine exercise to keep healthy and alive. I spoke to Dr. Ramachandran, Department Chairman, General Medicine, and consultant nephrologist at GKNM Hospital, Coimbatore. With 40 years of experience behind him, and with clinical expertise in general nephrology, CAPD, and renal transplantation, we could not have chosen a better person. He is a recipient of many awards, such as the Lifetime Excellence Award, by the nephrology association of Tamil Nadu, pondicherry lifetime achievement award by the indian medical association and many more he has been on a long time active rotarian contributing to various social and community causes dr ramachandran thank you for making time to speak to us today i would like to begin by asking an obvious question but which is of great concern to most people. What causes kidney failure?
0: Commonest causes for somebody to get kidney failure all over the world is uncontrolled diabetes mellitus and uncontrolled hypertension. Though this was the, the commonest across the world, over the last two decades we have realized that even in India, these two are the most common causes of somebody developing kidney failure. In addition, there are a few other causes such as repeated store formation in the renal tract, repeated urinary tract infections, some of the hereditary diseases, that means diseases that run in the families which are genetically controlled. Some congenital renal tract disorders, that is, a child born with abnormalities of the renal tract at a later stage can develop kidney failure.
1: When is dialysis needed?
0: Decision to put a patient on dialysis is based on blood reports, as well as patient's symptoms. The blood reports that we commonly do to identify a kidney disease are what is called blood urea and serum creatinine. In addition, two important blood tests are needed. That is potassium in the blood and bicarbonate in the blood. Urea, creatinine and potassium If they go high, it indicates kidney failure, bicarbonate if it goes low, it indicates kidney failure. And as the disease progresses, the urea and creatinine will also keep rising. There is no definite level at which we take a decision to put somebody on dialysis. Normally we correlate the blood test with the symptoms that the patients manifest before we advise them dialysis. The commonest symptoms any patient would come with is loss of appetite, vomiting sensation and sometimes vomiting itself. In addition, they will also complain of tiredness, they may complain of swelling in both legs, they may also complain of reduced urine output. And as the disease progresses, they will complain of breathing difficulty initial on exertion and as it gradually progresses breathing difficulty even at rest and even while sleeping so based on all these parameters that is the clinical presentation the symptoms and signs and the biochemical values we recommend a dialysis for any patient
1: are there different types of dialysis
0: yes essentially there are two types of dialysis one is called hemodialysis And the other is called peritoneal dialysis.
1: What is hemodialysis?
0: Hemodialysis in principle is where the patient's blood passes through an artificial kidney, which in our terms we call it a dialyzer. The blood is purified and the purified blood comes back to the patient. In effect, what a machine does is, all of you know that This blood contains a lot of waste products which the kidney is not able to eliminate. The commonest waste products are urea and creatinine. So the artificial kidney, the dialyzer, removes the excess of urea and creatinine contained in the blood. In addition, most of these patients will also have a higher level of potassium which is detrimental to the heart. This potassium is also removed by the artificial kidney. As I already told you, there is another parameter called bicarbonate which decreases as the kidney failure worsens. The normal range is between 24 and 27 whereas in some patients it goes even below 10. So hemodialysis improves this bicarbonate and brings it to near normal levels. What more? Most of these patients, because the kidney is not able to eliminate excess water in the system, have lot of swelling in their body, sometimes fluid in the lungs what is called pulmonary edema. This dialyser removes this extra fluid also, what is called the interdialysis weight gain. That means a patient's weight is taken before and after each dialysis and That way we calculate the extra weight that the patient has gained over the two days gap and that extra weight is also removed. So this is in principle called hemodialysis.
1: What is peritoneal dialysis and how does it work?
0: Peritoneal dialysis is another form of dialysis where generally you don't require a machine. Also in hemodialysis we have to create what is called a vascular axis. That means a line through which the patient's blood has to come out and a line through which the patient's purified blood has to go back to him. So we use some of the catheters or sometimes most of the patients would know we create what is called an arteriovenous venous fistula. Without the help of any of these axes a hemodialysis is not possible the advantage of peritoneal dialysis is that there is no need for any such access if you have read some science you will realize that the abdomen contains a large surface area called peritoneum the peritoneum has a huge amount of capillary blood flow and so the peritoneal membrane serves as the dialysis membrane in peritoneal dialysis There is a specially available peritoneal dialysis fluid which is instilled into the abdomen. After a specific period of 4 to 6 hours the fluid is let out and when the fluid comes out it would have dialyzed some of the waste products from the blood. So this is in principle called peritoneal dialysis. We have to place a catheter by doing a small surgery, flush it periodically for a couple of days and then train a family member to run the peritoneal dialysis. Now, there is a machine which is available to do this peritoneal dialysis. What we do is, just before the patient goes to bed, we connect him to this machine and throughout the night, the machine runs the peritoneal dialysis. As the patient gets up in the morning, the machine is disconnected. The biggest advantage is, he doesn't have to do a dialysis in the daytime. The patient need not go to a dialysis center to get the dialysis done. At the same time, one great disadvantage of a peritoneal dialysis is infection. The person who is handling the dialysis should follow all the aseptic precautions that are taught so that there is no infection into the peritoneum. Otherwise, quality of life is much, much better in a peritoneal dialysis.
1: Uh, Tell me doctor. Will dialysis help cure kidney disease in the long run?
0: In chronic kidney failure, a dialysis does not cure the kidney disease. There are some patients who develop what is called sudden kidney failure. We call it in our terms acute kidney injury. This is due to various causes when the kidney is functioning perfectly normal due to some sudden insult such as a poisonous snake bite, yeah, volume loss due to severe vomiting and diarrhea, blood loss due to road accidents or accidental surgeries. There are a lot of such reasons. Some drugs which do not agree to the kidneys, what is called a nephrotoxic drugs. In these reasons, a kidney which has been functioning normally till that time suddenly fails. If the kidney failure is very severe in these patients, we can put them on dialysis and this is a reversible condition. Whereas, as I already told you, a chronic kidney failure which comes as a result of long-standing diabetes or hypertension or some other diseases, the dialysis will be permanent. The only other option in these dialysis patients, wherever possible, would be to go for a kidney transplantation. Otherwise, a hemodialysis does not cure kidney disease in chronic kidney failure.
1: Is dialysis very expensive and if so, how would the common man deal with it?
0: No doubt dialysis is an expensive proposition especially what is called long term maintenance dialysis which is done a minimum of two times per week and many patients would require even three times per week. The charges per dialysis varies from centre to centre. but It is anywhere between 1000 rupees to 2500 rupees from center to center. In addition, the patient has to spend for his transport, patient has to spend for his medicines that cannot be stopped though he is on dialysis and so hemodialysis is certainly an expensive treatment. But then there are schemes offered by the government. Most of the state governments today offer free dialysis to these patients either in government hospitals or some of the private hospitals recognized by the government to run free dialysis. Now any of these facilities, a patient can go there and have a dialysis free of cost. In addition, all over the country, the standalone hemodialysis centers are coming up. I can quote a few examples, one is what is called a tanker foundation, which is running dialysis centers in many cities where the dialysis is free. Similarly, organizations such as Rotary and Lions, with the help of some of the hospitals, run dialysis centers where it is either completely free or the charges are very nominal. In fact, in Coimbatore, I can name two such centers. One is a dialysis facility run by Shanti Social Services and the other is run by the Mojave Trust called Jain Dialysis Center. In both these places, the quality of dialysis is excellent and the charges are nominal.
1: Can dialysis patients travel?
0: Yes, dialysis patients can travel wherever they want to, especially on a patient who is on hemodialysis. The only issue would be for him to identify a dialysis center wherever he travels or he comes back to his place before the next dialysis is due. Now with the advent of dialysis centers in lot of places, travel has certainly been easy for these patients because they can have a dialysis in many of the cities where a dialysis facility is available. So the dialysis is still possible. And for patients who are on peritoneal dialysis, the peritoneal dialysis fluid is supplied by the companies every month. So, the company will deliver the fluid wherever they are stationed, so they also can travel.
1: Do dialysis patients need to control their diet?
0: Yes, some amount of diet restriction is a must in every patient who is on dialysis. Essentially because they still have diabetes mellitus and hypertension. The advantage of dialysing a patient is, we can be a bit liberal on protein intake, that is the biggest advantage. Because of their improved appetite, they certainly eat better. But then, since potassium is a dangerous parameter in the bloodstream, we request them to avoid any diet that contains potassium. Salt restriction is a must based on a few parameters such as their level of blood pressure, their level of fluid in the system and their cardiac status, so some amount of diet restriction will be advised to every patient who is on dialysis.
1: What are the side effects of dialysis?
0: In hemodialysis, the commonest problems that a dialysis center encounters day to day is hypotension that is drop in blood pressure, sometimes fever, cramps and headache. Beyond this, most of the centers do not experience any major side effects during a dialysis a patient whose heart function is very poor they can have what is called an arrhythmia during dialysis that means irregular heartbeat once it is identified we take the help of a cardiologist to put them on medicines so overall a dialysis in a center which is well established is a safe procedure in peritoneal dialysis as I already told you The commonest side effect is infection which is introduced only if the aseptic precautions are not followed properly. Otherwise, both forms of dialysis are reasonably safe procedures.
1: Do some patients get tired or depressed with the constant procedure? How can the caregiver deal in such a situation?
0: Yes, many patients after a few months of dialysis get I won't call it depression, but they get fed up. They have to come to the dialysis centre. That's That day they are tired. They have to go home, relax next day, come back to the dialysis centre. This becomes kind of monotonous in their life. So they get upset about it. And so a lot of centres have started running counselling centres for these patients. And uh, there are group sessions run by dialysis centres. Every institution, especially a corporate hospital has dialysis therapists, transplant coordinators who run sessions for these patients, what's called group sessions. So that there is a lot of interaction between the patients. We also, at the time of initiation of dialysis, tell them that this is going to be their way forward in their life. So they should accept it positively. Some of the patients do go into depression when we take the help of a psychiatrist to treat them with some sample medicines. Otherwise, most of the patients are comfortable on dialysis. How can the caregiver deal in such a situation? If the caregiver can report the problems to the treating nephrologist, the nephrologist will certainly sort out the issue.
1: Can kidney disease be prevented at an early stage?
0: Any disease today is preventable. That holds good for a kidney disease also. I had given a brief hint on this when I answered the first question. Any patient who has blood pressure and diabetes at any age, if only he or she can, learn to control it with proper diet, proper medications and regular follow-up with a specialist, certainly what is called the target organ damage. Now because this the session is on kidney diseases, we have discussed only about the complications of kidneys. In uncontrolled diabetes and hypertension, what is called a target organs, the patient's kidneys are affected, the heart is affected, the vision is affected, the nervous system is affected, blood vessels are affected, so it is called a multi-system disease. So all these things can be prevented if only somebody has some knowledge of managing their diseases. Now prevention I have talked about only in diabetes mellitus and hypertension. As I told you some of the patients have a habit of swallowing painkillers on their own. It is called a self-medication which is very dangerous because some of the painkillers are toxic to the kidneys. So, unless there is a prescription of the doctor, don't indulge in any of these drugs that would be affecting the kidneys. So, if some of these measures are followed, any disease and, in specific, kidney disease is certainly preventable.
1: Those answers were very lucid and informa- informative, doctor. I am sure many of our listeners have learnt a lot today and will try to follow your advice. We very much appreciate your sharing your time and knowledge with us. On behalf of Kovaivani, thank you very much indeed, Dr. Ramachandran. Having heard the doctor's views on kidney failure and dialysis, I spoke to Savitri Srinivasan, 72, who undergoes dialysis twice a week. Savitri left her job at the syndicate bank in 1988 after the birth of her younger son. In 2003, there was a small protein leak in the kidney filtration function and she was put on medication. In 2019, she suddenly developed breathing difficulties and was advised dialysis. Mr. Srinivasan, her husband... And caregiver says we felt the earth below our feet had caved in and we had fallen deep into it it took them quite a while to digest this and stabilize themselves now they have accepted it but the day of the dialysis is always difficult as she gets exhausted from the side effects mr. Srinivasan who is always by her side also feels tired and emotionally drained seeing her suffer. Although a nurse is always present to monitor her blood pressure, which tends to fluctuate wildly during dialysis, Mr. Srinivasan, as the constant caregiver, has a tough role to play. Savitri says there are 500 dialysis done daily in Coimbatore, and some patients are young people. And if they could cope with the suffering, So cheerfully, she at her age could do so too, she says. Srinivasan says, since both of them have lived their lives, there is nothing more much left to lose. The hospital staff is very understanding, cooperative, most helpful and available at all times with a smile and are more like a family. Savitri and Srinivasan, a generally cheerful couple, And their sons and families who are equally positive support them fully. Their experience is just one inspiring example of courage in the face of adversity. There are so many more similar examples around us that we should all feel grateful and blessed to be healthy. We must all draw strength from people like them. That is all for now, folks. On Vani's behalf, this is Malati Jayakumar saying bye till we meet again. Thank you. On behalf of Vani, I am greatly thankful to Malati Jayakumar for having arranged this very important discussion with Dr. Ramchandran, a well-known specialist in this field. Thank you, Dr. Ramchandran, for a very clear explanation of all the details and I am sure all these will dispel any doubts of the listeners. Our thanks are also due to Mrs. Savitri Srinivasan and her husband, Mr. Srinivasan, the caregiver, for sharing their experiences with us. Signing off for Koaivani is Prevati Bhaskar.
2: In the Valleyuli, Desiya Samoga Padhagapa Nirivanam, Samoga Neeti Matrum Adigara Malithal Amechagam, Matrum Media for Community Foundation. இவர்களின கூட்டு முயற்சியாக உங்களிடம் கொண்டு வரப்பட்டது திட்ட ஒருங்கிணைப்பாளர்கள் டாக்டர் ஆர் ஸ்ரீதர் மற்றும் आलोक வர்மா அவர்கள் வாணोली ஒருங்கிணைப்பாளர்கள் பூஜா மற்றும் தயாரிப்பாளர்கள் கோவை நீங்கள் ஒரு இருந்து எங்கள் எல்டர்லைன் Tole Paesian Unre Nanga Aind the Are Yer Il Todarpukoldabom. Kale Yetamani mudal Irava Yetamanivare. So Rananda Varka Yevara Ungala Kudiv say ye nangal Urialikirum. Marabatiim Kelangan, Tole Pacient, Unre Nange Aind the Are Yerde, Kale Yetamani Mudal, Ireba Yetamani Vare.
0: That's all for today, folks. Be safe. Fight COVID with two vaccinations. Wear a mask when you go out. Keep safe distance. Observe proper hygiene. We must win. We will win. Thank you.